This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic, jointly presented with Chendalan. Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan. And with me today is dance producer Bilkis Hijas, back after um, quite a while. So it's nice to have you back, Bilkis. It's always lovely to be here, Shamila. Thank you for inviting me. So it's no big surprise. Every time Bilkis comes on the show, um, we usually review uh, a dance production of sorts. Um, and today we have for you Other Places of Being. That's a virtual performance that's currently streaming on the Baryshnikov Arts Center's website. And it's a it's a joint production between Suraj Subramaniam and January Lau, uh, both dancers from Malaysia. Suraj is currently based in Belgium. Uh, January, of course, is based in Malaysia. So in many ways, it's actually a performance born in, but also because of these crazy two years that we've had. Um, it examines um, connections, the digital space, it examines dance, um, their practice, but through this lens of separation and connection. Bilkis, I wanted to start with, um, I guess, a, a sense of an overall takeaway, but also we've had a lot of digital performances over the course of the last year and a half. Um, where did this sit for you? This is definitely one of those in what is now quite a large repertoire of artists making works about the kind of separation that has been caused by the pandemic, about social isolation, about uh, lockdown situations, about not being allowed to perform live. So this is, in that way, it's not particularly new, it's not particularly unique, and it joins an ongoing conversation that the pandemic has started about what do live artists do when they aren't allowed to perform live. But that said, I think it's a very thoughtful, sensitive response to the restrictions that the pandemic has brought us. You know, it's not all about uh, the, the terrible woe and, and um, the sense of dislocation that the pandemic has brought, but also very much about the opportunities to, um, to be silent, to be still, to reconnect. And I think because Suraj has been living so long in Belgium, I mean, he's had a career in Europe for probably over the last decade. Um, he's now 40 years old. January is now 36. They originally knew each other as teenagers uh, studying dance at Sutra Dance Theatre. And they were not they were not friends subsequently and their careers went in very different directions. But the lockdown has allowed them to reconnect and has enabled this really sort of fruitful meeting. Um, so it's the part of the video is really exploring the possibilities of being in lockdown rather than the restrictions of it. Yes, and I think the time that it's come out in, I mean, I'm not sure whether they they necessarily knew this was when it was going to premiere, uh, but certainly for us in Malaysia, it's a, it's sort of in-between phase. We're coming out of this nearly year-long lockdown. Um, things are starting to open up. It's also approaching the end of the year, and I think there's a certain amount of optimism, a cautious optimism about the year that's coming up. And I think this, um, this performance sort of captures a lot of that really beautifully. Um, it doesn't dwell too much on the, or at all really, on the negativity um, that a lot of us have been saddled with, but instead focuses on the opportunities. I think almost the beauty of the everyday, I, I like that it's doing that through the lens of classical Indian dance, specifically Odyssey, because um, in some sense, 
classical Indian dance tends to feel very performative and and that sense of it always being performed for an audience in a particular kind of space in a particular kind of way is is something that's almost visually um, intrinsically tied in with the idea of what classical Indian dance is, what a performance of that should be. And I think merging that with this very intimate, personal, almost isolated view of the camera, um, and even the way the work is presented, the two screens, the whole thing is actually a split screen, um, one from January's point of view and and one from Suraj. And I loved that. I, I really liked how there was a hope, yes, for, for post-pandemic life, but it also felt like there was a lot of hope or optimism for different ways of doing things that we've always done. And that involves not just life, but even the kind of art that we might practice. Hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with what you say about the practice of dance. And I think particularly classical Indian dance, having this sense of disconnect with daily life. I mean, the classical Indian dancer as well is supposed to be channeling the divine and is often, you know, it's literally placed upon a pedestal and, and is in a, in a sort of state of, of hyper enlightenment versus the usual self. And so um, it is so interesting to have this insight into these people um, who I know as friends, but most people <laughs> won't. Uh, most people will have seen January Lau on the stage and, and think, oh my God, she's a goddess. And she literally is portraying a goddess on, in those cases. But here you see in her screen, um, you see a vision of her hands, Um, chopping up food, making dinner. You see her children's feet running across the floor. You see repeatedly um, her kitchen table, which is covered in all sorts of plastic Tupperware, which kind of (laughs) evolves over the day. And so there's this real sense of the private domesticity, um, the inner space, rather than, you know, the constant sense of performance and and, um, this sort of exalting perfection. Uh, which I thought, yeah, was really lovely to be able to get that insight into their lives and have that kind of beamed into our domestic spaces as well so that you feel immediately there's this connection between, oh, yeah, I do that and I have that plastic Tupperware. Um, So it becomes much more relatable, I guess. I love that because um, what I started thinking about as they perform these domestic tasks, um, there's this, uh, the bowls, the Odyssey um, beats are sort of uh, vocalized in the background. And then eventually that swells into becoming uh, a dance paragraph is what I understand it is. So it's called an arasa. But I think as I watched that, I felt this immediate sense of familiarity because as someone who writes a lot for for a living, um, I tend to actually have a background hum of words in my brain as I go about my daily chores. So I I tend to, I tend to almost be narrating the things I do in daily life, whether it's making a salad or sweeping my floor and hearing and watching two dancers do that accompanied by the vocalization of the, of the beats was Mm. somehow really beautiful and also made me think about the artistry of the self. Um, And, and, and Suraj alludes to that in the introduction to the video where he talks about how um, it was almost about a process of finding the art, not externally, but internally and and within their bodies, their daily lives. And uh, I think this was a, a very a subtle but very powerful way of depicting that. Um, I did want to touch on one aspect though, and that is the the skill of both of these performers, because I think that mm. adds to how 
seamless it all feels. Um, these are very accomplished dancers. Both of them have years and years of experience performing Odyssey, and then they've gone on to reimagine that in various forms. And I think it certainly helps that they make it all look so effortless because the camera can be unforgiving in a way that stage often isn't. Um, and Although the camera allows you to edit out mistakes, does. but it does. doesn't let you. <laughs> <laughs> so I found it, um, it, it, it almost you know, and this is a compliment. They're so good that you almost forget that they're performing. And I think that's mm -hmm. important for the experience of this, this show. Mm. And also in that central section, which is very much the sort of dancey dance section. So in the beginning, about a third of the video is um, watching these intercut shots of first January's life as she's metaphorically wakes up in the morning and then eight hours later in Europe when Suraj gets yes. up in the morning. And then there's the central dance section where they're both doing the same phrase. Um, and in some of the shots, they're both the same size in their respective studios. And some of the shots are close-ups on their feet and, and on their arms. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to see that couched within the ordinariness. They're wearing uh, practice clothes, they're, they're wearing Odyssey uh, practice clothes. I mean, they're not wearing shorts and T-shirts, um, but they're not all dressed up. They're not wearing all of their, their accessories. They're not wearing all of their makeup. And so there is a sense of really the focusing on the physical craft at that point. I thought it was really lovely seeing them dance together and being able to absorb their similarities in style, but also have that opportunity because they're doing the same thing at the same time to really identify the differences between them. Um, and obviously they haven't danced together since they were teenagers, really. Um, so there's no reason why they should be similar. They've both had extremely different um, life directions. January's had three children, her oldest children are now eight years old. Um, and, you know, obviously as, as a dancing mother, that takes so much of a toll on your body. And a lot of her work recently has been about finding the balance between being, being a mother and, and being a different kind of dancer. Um, and I think seeing her movement sort of, to me, a bit more functional, uh, not, not extravagant in any way, like really being about, I'm getting this job done. Whereas Suraj, you know, in his big studio in Europe with the light coming through the windows from the side, uh, he's th this kind of expansive and he gets to be a little bit more elaborate with things. I feel like, okay, dude, that's the, you know, that's the liberty that you've got. January doesn't have time for that right now. Um, so I loved being able to, to look closely at their differences as well as their similarities. Yes, absolutely. I, I That was actually one of my favorite aspects of it because when two performers perform together on a stage in a live performance, a lot of these, the journey to getting there um, are very different, uh, but you don't see it. You see the end product. But this work, um, not just in, in sort of laying bare the process, but even in how the works are presented to us, really highlights... Um, artists' individuality in a way that I think just being able to walk into a, an auditorium and watching the show doesn't. Uh, we are reviewing Other Places of Being uh, by Suraj Subramaniam and January Lau. That's currently uh, streaming online at the Baryshnikov Arts Center's website. That's digital.bacnyc.org. And uh, you'll be able to watch it till the 15th of November. We'll continue our review after this. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.5. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Jindana. 
bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chandana. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And with me today is dance producer Bilkis Hijas. Together, we are reviewing Other Places of Being by Suraj Subramaniam and January Lau. Suraj is based in Belgium. January is based in Malaysia. It's a virtual performance. It's currently showing on the Bereshnikov Art Center's digital platform until the 15th of November. Bilkis, I wanted to draw on the digitalness of it all. Because one thing I found really striking is the whole thing is actually created entirely by these two. So the filming, the the editing even was done by Suraj. And it got me thinking about how really these last two years have almost redefined what the role of a a performer is. Um, Performers are now not just performers. They're also required to think about how something looks on screen, Um, what the larger narrative does or doesn't do when you have to rely not just on a set and your body, but all of these other elements. Um, Do you think that we... Do you think we're going to continue seeing more shows like these, particularly cross-border, collaborative, even though we're moving out of the pandemic? Mm. I think for some artists, it has really opened up new avenues that they're excited about pursuing. But I think for other artists, it's very much like, oh, we did that because we were forced to do it under the circumstances and we never want to do it again. Um, But I think in this film, you can see that Suraj has a real sensitivity for the opportunities that film offer that live performance cannot do. I mean, you can have these two narratives in these parallel frames running simultaneously and you can be creating simultaneous narratives that are interlocking and also that are independent. There's this lovely... In in all of these tiny shots, and it's a myriad of tiny shots, thousands and thousands of shots intercut, um, there is a narrative of January, a close-up on January's face, in which in each shot in this series, she is more and more made up in the classical Odyssey tradition. And um, in the end, with the full makeup and the earrings, she then assumes the facial expression, which also goes with it. So it's sort of like the final final costume that you as a dancer uh, put upon yourself before going out onto the stage. And then in the last part of the video, there are parallel shots of Suraj who starts out instead in full makeup and then each of those shots after that are one less item of the full makeup um, has disappeared. And so then you end up with his his full face without makeup, um, sort of natural faced. And that lovely arc of that happening, um, and it's just one of the, the many sort of small narratives that Suraj has pulled out of this film I think really indicates uh, such promise. And I just felt it was so much fun that, you know, even if he didn't like enjoying this, I wish he would do more. I know I absolutely love those things. And, and particularly in the context of Odyssey, um, I, I loved how so much of what we see, um, you know, Odyssey draws a lot from nature, from, from trees or, or, or wind or bees. Uh, but when we watch it on stage, we watch the mudras from the dancers bringing that to life. In this video, without being very prescriptive about it, 
There are scenes where, um, you know, you see hand gestures that look like bees and then you see shots of, of bees on flowers. Um, and, and I found this sort of lyricism really quite beautiful. Um, and again, something that you couldn't achieve in a live performance and which is not to discount the power of a live performance. But I think that as we move forward and, and in the grand, I think, theme of what this show tries to do, this idea of how can we do things differently and perhaps in some ways do them better. Um, I love how completely this performance embodies that. Um, even the question of accessibility, because I feel like this is a performance that I could send, um, you know, the link to a friend who might otherwise never go to an Odyssey dance performance or a contemporary dance performance for that matter mm. um, and say, well, it's 30 minutes. You can skip through if it's boring, um, but have a look and you might actually like what you see. Mm. Um, and I think that sort of opportunity and that sort of um, accessibility is something that I really enjoy. And, it, it, and accessibility, I think, also in a in a personal way. When you watch something alone at home, um, you're less fettered by needing to understand, quote unquote, um, mm. or needing to know what it is that um, you're, you're watching and, and instead just kind of let it take you on a journey. Mm, yeah. And I really would encourage viewers not to skip through it because I think that there's something about just allowing that buildup of shots which don't initially have much to do with each other. Initially, you see the kitchen table and you're like, why am I looking at a picture of the kitchen table? Um, but then slowly over the course of 20 minutes, it all it kind of becomes clear, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have a sort of hit you on the head thumping clearness. There's not a real, you know, takeaway that you're supposed to walk away with from this, but there is a real gentle buildup of, of ambience and, and setting, I think, and really looking at the at the name of this, other places of being. Um, it's really a sharing of place and all of the kind of intricacies of those places, which is really lovely. And I, I guess going back to your point of, you know, what do we take away from our experience as we're moving forward into our endemic phase lives? It is really maybe that sense of, you know, stopping to smell the roses. And in this case, um, very clearly, you know, stopping to to smell to pat the cat and stopping to, you know, look at the breeze blowing through the trees through your window, um, and really to take, as Suraj mentioned, to, to honor the ordinariness in life um, is surely a takeaway that we all can have and we can all we can all empathize with. And if I may, I think in a more practical art making sense, um, to go back to that question of when we decide to do something, why are we doing it? And what is the what is the narrative that you're trying to tell? Because I think this performance is a, a really great example of not just jumping on a bandwagon and saying, well, everyone's doing a digital performance, so I'm going to do one. But yeah. instead, actually think about what it offers to you as an artist and, and what you can do. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's, if, if, if anything, is a, is a great lesson to take forward. Bilkis, thank you for reviewing this with me. Always a pleasure. Shamila, thank you for inviting me again. We've been discussing Other Places of Being. It's a dance performance that's streaming online at the Barishnikov Arts Centre website. That's digital.bacnyc.org. It's by Suraj Subramaniam and January Lau. And uh, you can watch it till the 15th of November. Let us know, uh, do you enjoy digital performances? Uh, what are some that you've particularly enjoyed? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. 
Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Cendana. For updates on Malaysian arts and culture, visit www.baskl.com.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.